sort of a partner podcast to one day a workshop that I want to run mm. that is actually it's really about practical takeaways. Mm. Like things like fucking pack 15 pairs of undies. Fucking <laughs> buy a camera that has two card slots and like use Take it. Take two pairs of it, pants because you know, if you wear white chinos on a hot day, yeah. you're going to sweat and you're going to find yourself That's in front right. of a mirror and look like you've literally pissed yourself. And then you're going to go, thank fuck I bought that second pair of... Also white chinos. Absolutely. And that's that's the thing. Um, welcome to Baby Got Back End, a podcast about all the boring shit that we forget to do and put in the too hard basket in our photography business. My name's Morgan Roberts and I'm joined today by Ollie Sansom. Hey. How the freaking hell are you, Morgan? Oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. How are you? I mean, I, I want to spend as least time as possible today talking about COVID, but... Um, you're a Victorian, I'm a Queenslander. Yeah. We're living in two very different... We're almost living in two different countries at the moment. Yeah, your COVID's really, really, um, really suntanned up there, I think. It's very suntanned. Yeah, it's getting it's out. getting killed off. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I can't wait um, till our borders are back open, Morgs. <laughs> I'm, I feel like we can only take and you know we're doing fine in australia you know like we're doing fine but we can only i feel like we can only take so much more of this whole thing like going out the other day like there was a whole bunch of people it was the sunday before school went back a couple of days ago in queensland all schools now back i don't know about other states but all schools right. back and i was just like in the shops and i was like man like there's a lot of people doing their groceries at the same time and no one's social distancing properly and I'm freaking out. And I'm like, geez, this is what it's going to be like going back to, to normal. Yeah, it's um, it's a pretty interesting arc, like, you know, without diving into too much that's already covered in tons of <laughs> yeah. news articles. It's yeah, kind of like it's, yeah. there's a lot of science saying maybe we shouldn't be hanging out like this just yet. Yeah, just yet. Yeah, just yet. Um, but, you know, the major thing is that we're here on the internet having this conversation and you're alive and healthy and I'm alive and healthy and at some point in the future we'll be able to keep doing the things that we, we do in this world, which for both of us revolves somewhat around photography. And mass gatherings. Um, <laughs> which is nice. <laughs> so tell, tell us a bit about yourself. Like um, you, 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 you would call yourself a, a predominantly a wedding photographer, but you do a million other things. Uh, is that right or is that incorrect? Yeah, it, de- it depends whether you... Where you place the idea of what you do on the thing that brings in, you know, a higher proportion Correct. of income. Uh, it definitely occupies the most amount of time. I don't actually know if, <laughs> if it even brings in the most amount of income. So maybe it's a side <laughs> hustle, Morgan. I don't know, but a, a, a totally inglorious side hustle. I actually feel like that's a nice way of if, if everyone if everyone actually used that prism and said, actually, you know what, I'm just going to make. Wedding photography, my side hustle. I feel like a lot of people would be a lot less stressed about all yeah. these things. And, you know, you'd, you'd know this. You make yeah. really great work when you're not stressed. And actually, totally. first tangent, how do you feel about old mate, friend of a friend's dogs, neighbours, cats, pet fishes, uncle, uh, potentially being as equally capable at doing what we're doing by virtue of not being immersed and, I guess, tainted by knowing too much? There's this kind I of culture, like you'll hear someone has someone who does, for yeah. example, surf photography, and they're like, oh, shit, they're getting this guy to shoot shoot the um, wedding, and they're like, he doesn't know the play-by-play. And I'm kind of like, I talk about that as as being... A good thing. Why I um, kind of fell in love with it, because there were no rules, and you were going in totally blind. 
Yeah. I feel like that, and that's a danger because a lot of people will just go, um, and you know, and a mutual friend, Cy Moore will talk about creative diet until the cows come home. But that's the thing. It's like, where, where does the, where does this come from? Where does this idea of what weddings look like? And I have to constantly remind myself, like every time I go out, it's like, no, no, you know, the reason you got into this was because your wife said, like my wife, Emma told me, why don't you just go and shoot it how you want to shoot it? Because I always thought weddings were just garbage and I never wanted to fucking shoot weddings. And then she was like, go and do it how you want to do it. And I actually have to keep reminding myself to not fall into all those tropes, those trope mm. traps. Um, so, you know, I think that's like, that's kind of scary, but also I feel so liberating. It's like, yeah, you know what? Like fucking give, let's give our surf photographer friend who gets to come and shoot our wedding because that's what we want. Like, just give it a go because you know mm. what? Like it might be fantastic and we have to be able to accept that it might be fantastic mm. um, and actually learn from why that is fantastic. That's a really good point. Mm. Um, do you want to go deeper on, on that, on that idea? Like that that's like, do we, should we be scared about that? We shouldn't be scared about that. Why shouldn't we be scared about that? I think I, don't, I look back to, I found my flicker the other day, Morgan, where I first started wow, dumping shots. Cool. When I first, oh mate, <laughs> there's, a, there's a pretty wild stuff in there, but I, I kind of got back to page one or two of that, you know, the very first stuff that I ever clicked and I'm looking at some of them going, okay, there's some like really terrifying stuff in here, but I'm looking at some of the other shots going, holy shit, how do I, how do I get back into that, that naked way of seeing almost where you're not kind of tainted by knowing the rules, knowing composition, bloody, bloody blue. It was a really mm. pure form of seeing that I kind of wanted to roll back to. Yeah, I feel like we all start out with these lofty ideas of being able to do something different and the more we consume and the more we ingratiate ourselves into weddings and the wedding culture because the wedding culture has so much stuff that uh, the general, you know, the general couple who were going to go hire a couple of people to do some different services and work mm. with them on different creative things for their wedding, like, you know, they, they, they get the, to, to dip their toe in and see their one day uh, that works like that. And then people like us who work in that space a lot, you know, will just be like, oh, we have all these elements. We have all these blogs. We have these magazines and mm. we have these other creatives and the other vendors and services and we just see and hear and talk about it every day and it just becomes – uh, I think it becomes a bit monomaniacal and it's been a nice time actually to just not have, like, I don't know about you, like when was the last wedding you shot? I've been doing a couple of, there's this groovy little startup called I Do Drive Through, um, a couple of girls in Melbourne started cool. and yeah, I've done a couple with them. So three days ago, but if we're talking like the big shebang. Okay. When was the last wedding with like more than 30 oh, people? Three days before lockdown, somewhere in mid-March, yeah. I, I think. And yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty, pretty heavy air from the point of view of, you kind of knew it was coming, like it was happening in the you know adjacent countries. Shout out to New Zealand. Um, mm. Yeah. A little while ago now. And now for, not for a very long time. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm, I'm interested in what happens after this, but I also want to go and just dial back a bit and talk about weddings as the side hustle because perhaps is is the end goal that we don't have one major thing and that's what actually keeps it fresh, that we just have a whole bunch of side hustles? There's a whole bunch of, you know, you know, to use the phrase thought leadership coming out about that, yeah. the future of work and how we're going to be generalists. Um, an old boss of mine, I... 
I love this quote he kept flipping out. He said, uh, specialization is for insects. And, and I love that. Like he was a <laughs> genuine polymath and could do a bunch of different things. I think at scale, the workforce will do that, but it's always swings and roundabouts. You know, you have this culture of fast food, um, that eventually kind of, you know, bombs somewhat in the late nineties with the, uh, with salads being introduced at McDonald's, for example. And then a few years later, that actually opened the door to diabolically enormous, unhealthy burger uh, shops opening up. So it kind of swung back in the other direction and, you know, McDonald's <laughs> didn't get to jump on that. They, they were, in fact, mandated to not sell burgers above about four four patties to anyone that came in. Because they had teenagers <laughs> coming in ordering, oh, a quarter pounder with 12 patties. So... <laughs> I think at scale there'll be, you know, there'll be ways to commercialise doing a couple of different things. Maybe you know, as you put it, having a bunch of side hustles. But I also yeah. think that'll just open the door to rampant specialists again. Um, yeah, and I guess behind that all is, yeah, where the where we all delineate ourselves as being either artists or about this job being about us as artists or as a service provider. And where you kind of sit on that. Mm. Where do you sit on that, Morgan? Oh, you're an being artist. Being a service provider. Yeah. So I, I, this is a regular thing that comes up is that I kind of issue that. Like, I feel like I don't, like I, I walk up to a wedding. I'm like, what's, what's my job here? Like, what is my job? Um, and I was talking to a friend, uh, I was talking to Briggsy the other day, um, Michael Briggs, um, it's going to say, you mean the, the rapper or the wedding photographer? No, the wedding photographer. <laughs> and just that idea of what's our role and our role, I really feel is number one is like, make sure these guys have a fucking good time. Mm. And outside that, it's like, yeah, yeah, cool. We can make some work and our work is important. And that's certainly an important element of things. But like, if, if, if that becomes the number one thing, then what's the flow on effect from that? Cause the flow on effect from that is, um, you know, and we're not, I'm not, I don't want to necessarily compare ourselves directly to, you know, or to filmmakers, but it's like, you know, Oh, what's Francis Ford Coppola like <laughs> working with? Oh, well, fucking, you know, and you're like, well, no, that's, that's not what a wedding is about. It's like, mm. it's not about a production. It's about, uh, it's about, the celebration and our job is our, I feel like their experience, our work is I think ancillary to their experience. Mm. Um, so that's where I sit on that, but like the whole thing. So, and so rocking up, it's like, well, what's your job? Well, I don't mm. know. Am I an artist or I'm just, uh, I, I feel so much more like a, um, a creative trades person to just come and fix a problem. Um, <laughs> what's the problem well we need some documentation of this well i can do that uh yeah. I, I wish everyone could see your utilitarian arm waving around then as you're, as, as you're solving the problem of the wedding i've solved awesome. the problem look i'm doing the rubik's cube there um do you do you agree somewhat on that on that there, there was so much packed in there which, which part of that do, do we want to zero are we in plumbers on? are Plumber, we wedding like service providers yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. And like, and this is what I keep reminding, trying to remind myself, you know, ultimately you've just got to come out with a bunch of shots to show them and their mates stoked, uh, nice skin tone. That's, that's kind of, that's kind of it. You know, all the other stuff tends to be a cherry on top. The stuff we really connect with is almost always different to stuff that the couple connects with. 
Mm. Um, you, you know, especially when you see they put up an iPhone shot as their uh, as their you know profile pic. <laughs> Even though you've sent them like ten slick previews, my heart and soul. Yeah. Oh, I say that to tell you, I'm getting those to you. Because, um, and then by that token, then it's unhealthy to put so much weight on that one thing, I feel. And that's why it's great to have all these other strings to your bow. Um, you know, we were talking about music the other day because mm. I saw on your Insta story you'd, you'd gotten the guitars out. The guitars were ready to go. Your telly was out. Mm. How often do you play? Oh, so I built this little, I say built as if it's a really large thing, but I, I put together this tiny little home studio so that it, they'd be out in front of me all day. Um, and I think I've picked them up twice in the last year. Last year I, um, mm. I gave myself a task. I'm like, damn it, write a song. Uh, so in a day I wrote and produced a, a track, put it on SoundCloud, and then just haven't done anything since. But they're there now. I've just got my driftwood back from a service. Yeah. So it's beautiful. Yeah. What a beautiful guitar. Where, where's that wood from? We'll have to put, I'll put a link to this uh, beautiful custom Telecaster in a, in I, the show I will find out for you. A groom, a groom that I shot and then started a little um, side hustle with on the topic of side hustles called the Arborist, um, Matt. Ah, he, this one, yes. I bought it off him. It's, it's literally a piece of driftwood. I love it. <laughs> That's so from cool. From some yeah, custom um, dude in the States. I'll put a link to that in the show notes because it's beautiful for any music head out there or just anyone who appreciates good craft. Mm. Um, so... That music, the arborists, where that's a key for me. That that is really a great example of a one of those things where you identified a niche and you threw a whole bunch of resources and time and energy at it and said, "Let's give this a go." Um, do you want to talk about that process? It's just been a little bit of fun. I mean, we kind of we got a lot done in the first six months, and we kind of let's be honest, we haven't really done anything. <laughs> Since then, we we built a bunch of arbors, but <laughs> this year especially. What's that? <laughs> you know, this year especially. I mean, you know, fucking twenty twenty, cancelled. Although we, we dragged one to uh, what did the guy do drive through weddings last week, which was yeah, really cool to Ripper. You know, bang oh, up an arbor cool. for them. Um, so basically, cool. what we what we kind of found was there there were two things happening. One was you know there's a lot of waste in the uh, wedding industry in, in the event industry rather you've got stuff that's set up beautifully and then packed down an hour or so later uh so we were kind of like what if the arbor could not just hang around for the ceremony but be like a almost like a centerpiece or a backdrop for later on um Mm. and we kind of tied that in with this idea that hopefully even ceremonies are something that could happen in the evening um that's a personal Mm. that's that's something i'd love to see so we installed um, lighting in these portable arbors. We've got a bunch of geometric shapes. We've got a hooper. Um, and, yeah, so they can be – they're pretty sturdy things, so they can be uh, dressed up with a ton of florals and then um, pretty much flip the switch on and as the reception backdrop. Um, and they've, they've gone down really well. Even though we've, our catalog's tiny, like we're kind of flogging the same horse for a while now. Yeah. But <laughs> people get a buzz out of it, so – what did you like? What were some of the mistakes you reckon you made early on in doing photography as a business mm. that was easy to then go, cool, let's avoid oh, this dude. pitfall when we're starting this? You know, dude, dude, dude. Um, the pitfalls are, are, are really different. I mean, this the Arbor things. It's a fun thing. We, we, you know, we've talked about. You know, we could turn this into a. We could make other furniture and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I don't think we'll have that on our plate. But it was never going to be a. You know money a salary type thing so yeah. the outcomes were, were totally different um 
with photography, what I would have done from word go is, is work out as soon as possible, okay, what do I want to pay myself? When do I want to start paying myself a salary? Because I spent five or six years not paying myself. Um, and when you don't have have that as, as a thing you're kind of leaning on because you don't have to, because maybe you're not planning on buying a house, I'll tell you what, you'll never buy a house if you're, if you're not paying yourself. So <laughs> I would have got my CRM and... Uh, split of you know how the money flows through the business set up from day one um and yeah Mm. that's what i've got set up now and then COVID hit and then COVID, the amount of people that but it's uh, so easy when i tell them oh yeah totally it's so easy to do just getting some good accounting software if i could just um yeah go go go. no yeah just knock one little um extra nailing with that um you know i saw always of you, you pay for good advice. So the thing I've done in the last 12 months is I've paid for a, um, a CFO for hire. So effectively a hmm. financial officer for hire. And, you know, the first hour of her time that I booked just changed everything. You know, I'm a, uh, you know, I'm not an auteur, but maybe I think I'm an artiste or something. And that means I'm just a financial anarchist and can, can't <laughs> pull my financial pants on. One hour with her changed everything. And now every... Just from this conversation with her, she put me onto this methodology, uh, this specific methodology that I then adapted uh, to my own needs where every dollar that comes in, it gets split five ways as soon as it comes in. Very first thing's profit, then tax, then, you know, a couple of other things, uh, salary, payroll, blah, blah, blah. But everything that comes in gets split immediately instead of this giant uh, singular stockpile that just where you never get a great idea of how you're actually doing in the business. Yeah, totally. Because you can find yourself working um, 16 hours a day and not much is really happening. No, because it's because you don't have a way to manage it. I tell people so often, um, like people are like, oh, people will say to me, why do you think getting, you know, why do you say, Morgan, things like getting zero or, you know, insert good accounting software here um, was one of the best things you did for your business. They're like, how does that mean anything? Like that has nothing to do with photography. And I'm like, Mm. oh my God, absolutely. And that's why it's important because there's fucking nothing to do with photography Mm -hmm. um, and has everything to do with being sustainable. And so you have to kind of go, well, yeah, like I think it's so important to seek those, seek those people out because we know what we're good at. Um, What, what do you think though? However, outside the creative, because anyone who knows your work, will know that, you know, your work's fucking great and that's fine. We can put that to one side. What do you think outside photography you're really good at? Outside photography. You're going you're gonna to have to pop this some is the, music this is the This is the curtain <laughs> moment. The curtain drops down and the <laughs> it's the Wizard of Oz in the back all along. <laughs> um, I, I like to think I'm curious and, and yeah. that's kind of, that serves me as far as going into a new thing, I think, at least for a little while. Um, but that's also tempered with, I've got a terrible attention span now. Um, mm. So managing attention span with curiosity. So I'll go into something quite high octane. Um, you know, I jumped into a sporting community last year and the curiosity let me kind of dive into that from a from an artistic point of view almost, to, uh, you know, solving this particular sport, um, you know, and then cooking, whatever else. Be, being curious, I think. Yeah. I mean, we just keep going. You can't just keep going through the same motions because things get so boring. Um, I'd like to, I'd like to talk about, uh, a few things. I'd like to talk about Antarctica, but there was, 
there's a particular thing because we mm. spoke a few years ago um, on a God, podcast, it but this was pre Antarctica. So um, I have a, there's a few questions I, w- I would like to ask you about that. I mm. have a particular memory of you. There's a photo of you with all the cameras you took to Antarctica. Um, and as I was thinking about that today, you know, I think the post was on Instagram or something like, you know, um, I did all this stuff, all these film cameras, specifically it was all these film mm. cameras and, um, you know, you'd, you'd got them all serviced at great expense and mm. you'd use those exact words. Um, and there was this whole project and there was this whole, you had this whole idea about how that was going to pan out and what you wanted to achieve. And what I'm interested in is, um, what I'm interested in is, when I went to Melbourne to shoot some stuff, this is pre, you know, this is 10, probably 10 years ago when I was sort of first starting out making pictures and I took whatever digital I had at the time. I took some 35 millimeter film camera. I probably took a Holger and I took my friends uh, who's no longer with us, Ian Poole, absolute rest in peace, fantastic man. Um, he loaned me his Hasselblad super wide. Um, and that was just a mind fuck as well. Like that camera. And Is that the X-Pan? No, no, no. So it's a, it's a, um, it's a Hasselblad medium format, but you can't change the lens. It's a built on uh, mega wide lens. That must be, um, someone corrected me today about, I think Jeff Bridges using that camera that you're talking about there. Whereas I thought it was just No, that's a, that's a separate thing as well. So Jeff right. Bridges used... Jeff Bridges does all these behind the scenes stuff mm. on a wide lux. Wide lux. The X Pan is the yeah. The yeah. X Pan is the rangefinder made by Hasselblad and Fuji. It's a co thing. It's a right, collab, right. and it's a rangefinder, and it shoots on thirty five mil. This is something again altogether different. And so I rocked up, and you know, it's one of those things. It's like check, photographers who love into the, like get into check out. A, you know, if you can ever find yourself a Hasselblad super wide, like fucking get on it because it's amazing. But the, th- the whole thing about this trip, you know, I was going down just to shoot some of my own stuff for a few days, hang out with some family and whatever. And I just found it actually really got in the way. And I'm really mm. interested in the, your decision at the beginning and the middle and the end of that process. Um, and maybe you'll have to sort of explain what Antarctica is and then talking about all those film cameras. So seven or eight years ago, I went to Georgia and and fluffed around Georgia and, and Turkey, and I'd kind of just started out photography, and you know I, had, I was out at seventy to two hundred hanging off one shoulder, thirteen mil fisheye on the other, whatever I had, and I got back and and I was really pumped about this body of work I was going to make there, just starting out, and it was the most awful set of images, and it just reeked of this person is confused and can't stick to a decision. <laughs> And I realized yes, I spent, in each yes. situation, I spent more time agonizing over what bit of gear to use than actually making stuff and engaging with what was in front of it. And four or five years after that, I went to New York for the first time, just took twin lens reflex, favorite camera in the world. Mm-hmm. And I was amazed at how much stronger the body of work was because all choice and opportunity was totally stripped away. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it was a much more pure, you know, you miss a whole lot of stuff because you can't shoot the shit out of you everything. You just can't. Every, but yeah. you just engage and commit more. Um, so when I went to Antarctica two years ago now, that was for a um, a women's STEM project. So basically 
they participate in a leadership program that they're accepted into over 12 months. Mm-hmm. And the, the end of that program, so they've all spent nearly 12 months collaborating you know, around the world, uh, all being in either science, tech, education, medicine, or math. And then finally they all meet in Argentina and go to Antarctica for a month and they finish the last month of, of this leadership program. So the, there's basically 10 voyages happening over 10 years with the goal of sending a thousand of these people who are working on the ground and in policymaking to Antarctica. Uh, and effectively it's going to be a cohort of a thousand highly engaged people in this, in this space. So the first voyage they funded a, a film and TV crew and they filmed a, a feature film, which is, I think, wrapping up editing as, as we speak. And uh, the second wow, year... that's a massive... That's a massive lead and, and post time. Fucking hell. It's insane. Yeah. There was, I think the crew was about four or five strong. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, this, I think the story's changed and everything along the way. It's a, it's a kind of thing where when you get there, everything you think it's going to be goes out the window and... Mm. I can't imagine what it was like to make a feature film out of that. Um, and then second year, they they had a they wanted a documentarian on board, basically to take stills and produce a book, and that was me. So I wanted to kind of tap into a little bit of that mentality of scarcity that led me to creating work I was really pleased with in New York, but also having enough gear so I could compartmentalize my brain and and do five or six bodies of work in a totally spectacular alien place <laughs> so that led to bringing uh, i'm pretty sure it was the largest suitcase of film ever taken to that continent and a bunch of cameras half of which busted and that exercise unfolded gloriously and ingloriously yeah how many uh, like what, what range of things are we talking? If we want to go inside baseball a bit, like did you take large format or was it medium I, and below? I, I drew a line at large format. So I took a, bit much, isn't a, it? a Mamiya 7, <laughs> which broke in a way that I didn't think a Mamiya 7 would break. Uh, oh, wow. Which I didn't find until afterwards, mind you. So you're shooting this body of work and then you find it afterwards, nothing's in focus. Um, Hustleblad 500cm, a bunch of 35mm stuff, uh, TLR. Because, um, man, when, you, when you're on the continent, there's penguins everywhere. These penguins are shitting everywhere. So you're skating. <laughs> so you're, like, traversing yeah. up these hills. <laughs> You've got a Hustleblad <laughs> and a, t- a TLR on you. Something's going to give. And um, if you want to see time slow down, watch a Hustleblad fly off your shoulder and head towards a... Uh, a penguin shit covered slope wow it's a beautiful thing so there was i think and i took a bunch of digital stuff too so there was about 13 cameras in all fuck and a super eight camera ridiculous and a super eight um and so you know what are we on two years on from that Mm -hmm. three years on from that now what what would you do differently in hindsight in that tons look one of the biggest things was just finding out firsthand that a lot of the things I was worried about shooting there weren't actually a thing, you know. The I read all, I researched my absolute head off to uh, just to find out things I should know about going there, and um, everything I read, without just you know casting aspersions on it, 
wasn't actually a thing. You know, the, the continent's not as cold as you think it is in summer, so the batteries weren't draining left, right, and center. Um, yeah. Things that were problematic were horizontal rain um, thumping into the camera. So, you know, I had all of the gear that I needed, but the set of problems was actually a lot different. So I think if I was to do it again, I'd keep it simple. I'd take one film camera and a backup and, and I'd probably put, I'd probably lean on digital actually. Um, and shoot more at volume, I think. Um, but I'm glad I did mm. it because, you know, I, a, a few things failed, but ultimately I got a few bodies of work out of it that uh, I, I got to see that continent in a way that I kind of wanted to hopefully grab something from it. And, mm. and to me, that was worthwhile. Mm. Yeah. You do a lot of travel in your work. A little. For, wh- for whatever reason. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think, like, what's your, what's your modus when you're having to shoot? For, and, for, and first of all, like, I actually think that I, like, I love shooting. I love that, that I can roll out of bed and go 10 minutes down the road and shoot it at, at a local mm. venue. Like, I think that's, it's one of the most nice things. Like, I remember I had a whole bunch of interstate weddings a few years ago and it was a crazy time and the kids and, you know, I mean, it's, it's another whole level of stuff. Like I'm not complaining about the whole kids thing. Like it's just, it's, you know, we make these choices and this is our life and we do what we do and that's fine. But like, you know, I looked at the calendar. I was like, what the fuck am I doing next weekend? I was like, oh, you know, the Valley and Brookfield, like literally the second one, Brookfield, like fucking seven minutes down the road. And I'm like, thank Christ. Um, so good. But that modus operandi of having to, do this thing that is uh, that is pressure, and there's there's pressure on you to be able to produce something for those people, um, and then you have that added pressure on of travel. Um, yeah, what? Okay, I mean, how do you just constantly? How are you constantly able to sustainably do that or not? I think I think you definitely can, but then for me, it's the thing of going. Okay, so I'm using a keep cup. But I'm accepting accepting jobs, flying me halfway around the world. It's a pretty <laughs> shitty carbon offset. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Like, thanks, mate. If you start You're thinking a bit, <laughs> if you start thinking too much about it, you'll kind of do your head in a bit. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to move more more local. But um, it's at the same time, it's a real gift to have someone from the other side of the planet want to cart you mm. on the other side of the world and. I, I think it can be sustainable. I mean, just planning for all that shit, just figuring how that all works, you know, eight batteries. I mean, like the biggest thing, the biggest thing that I've had to deal with is um, rocking up in rocking up in Queenstown and not having any luggage because mm. my flight to Sydney was was late. Mm. So the, the the bag didn't make it over to international transfer and make it on my flight. Dude, that's um, pants. Not camera gear, but it was nice to like, you know, and I had a beautiful, I had a run plan. All my run, like my runners and my, mm. my, you know, active wear, active wear <laughs> was in the, my suitcase and I had this beautiful run planned. And you look great in active wear. So Queenstown was totally deprived. I know. I was so deprived. Like I was just ready to, it was, I mean, you know, I'm a gift. I'm a Queensland gift from Queensland <laughs> to Queenstown. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, you know, life's hard when, you know, I can't do my fucking you know, Thursday morning run near Queenstown. But um, that's, I mean, that's basically the worst. Man, some people, some people doing like fly in, fly out um, 10 days in a row in mines. So, yeah. Yeah. 
But then I think, yeah, there's people doing, there's people in mines, they're working 12 hours a day, what the fuck? But, you know, planning for those things, because, you know, it's not like we have, we don't have a physically demanding job. Mm. Um, well, I would contest that. We, I think it's, it's mentally draining. It's very, me- it's because you're switched on and there's no, it's, it's maniacally on for, for 10, 12 hours straight. Yeah. But also, you know, I know we're bipeds, you know, and we've evolved to be standing upright, but that's, that's also pretty harmful on the body. And I don't know about you, but I, I don't wear shoes that are really designed for... Anything other than looking sassy. They're not great for the lower back. <laughs> if there's one takeaway from this, guys, it's get some orthotics and get some yes, nice looking shoes, shoes that are also oh. good for your back. Drink water. Um, drink lots of water all day. Drink water. Uh, I told someone, I told some people a few years ago when I started doing this that I got, I got an app. I was always on the lookout for a really good water app that had an Apple Watch companion, Apple Watch guy here, wanker. <laughs> Um, that just reminds me to drink water and everyone goes, ah, oh, you fucking idiot. And it's like, and then you do a bit of research and you're like, I oh, don't know no. when you're thirsty, like that's your body telling you that mm. like Too late. you should have already had some water. Um, got a drink, got a drink, mm. got a drink. So just having that and just making sure that I pack a little water bottle and things and have good shoes, charge your batteries. Do you ever see yourself getting one of those water hats? <laughs> I think I'd wear, you know what? I'm going to wear one at the, at the next full wedding back after COVID. I'm going to do it for you. I think you, I'll tell, I'll, I'll you could you get away with it. I, I really <laughs> want to see this. <laughs> I'm keen. I'm keen. I'll give it a go. Um, actually, that's a nice tack to go down. It's like, uh, you were talking about recently about like the, the, the personality, the different, um, the different per- parts of our personality that we put in our work and also that we have to create in different stages of our work. Um, mm. You know, I'm not necessarily sure that you would wear uh, the Homer beer hat, but, you know, fit instead of water. But tell, tell us about that because I like that idea. I'm, I'm not as sassy as you, Morgan. <laughs> what's, the craziest <laughs> thing, what's the craziest character thing you've had to, like, pull out to, to get someone to do something that you wanted to do at, at work? Uh, I'm, I'm not real. I'm not wired that way, you know. Um Old mate James Day in Sydney is, is brilliant at that. He's like mental. He, he can, yep. He's the master of that. I'm, I'm not wired that way. I can, if anyone's spoken to me on email and given me the slightest inkling that they're giving me permission to just talk like I talk, then my email chains quickly devolve into just utter, utter beautiful mm. chaos. So, mm. you know, but when it comes to on the day, like I'm not throwing tr- tricks around. I'm, sh- I'm shooting. I'm kind of talking to them where they're at. And I think... That's probably the biggest thing. Just speaking to people where they're at. Good advice for mm. anything, really. Mm. You know, um, not being too know above about or at too least one sport. Under. About one sport. No, honestly, knowing about at least one sport. Does sports so ball can... count? I, I, I watch sports ball. Yeah, it's with the guy that kicks the guy. Yeah, yeah. The sports ball. Did you see that ludicrous display last night? <laughs> Lud- <laughs> you ludicrous. Did... Did you watch that? You 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 familiar with the show, The IT Crowd? Familiar with it, but don't. I haven't. Yeah, I've seen snippets. Oh, there's, I know it's it a great episode. It's about it's about the. There's a website that you can go to just get football football conversation starters for people who have no idea about football. Um, and that's the one of the lines. Did you see that ludicrous display last night? Well, the thing about Arsenal is they always try to walk it in, and it's just like you know you can pull that out. I feel like you have to have you have to be able to. Know a little bit about a lot of things. It's like a fractal football talk. 
Yeah, but like that's got me through a lot of good conversations. Just being able to get Uncle Bob, and we're not talking about Uncle Bob with the the hobby camera, but just the general, you know, Uncle Jim or Auntie Flo or whoever the fuck it is. Mm. Just like find some point, find something that like find some common ground. Be just there so for more be than like, just oh, a yeah, couple. You're not a fuckhead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that photography, and, the, and that's them talking to me. Well, you know, fucking hell, Jen. He he wasn't the fuckhead. He, he wasn't a fuckhead. Wasn't <laughs> was not a fuckhead. Verified non fuckhead. <laughs> Add that on Google. Blue tick. Blue tick. Not a fuckhead. <laughs> I, but that's the thing, though. Like, if you can give as enough as as much of yourself to the other people that are there. I mean, I, I make a point of going, man. I want I want the auntie, the uncle. I want them walking away, going, shit. Your photographer came up a few times, and he asked us. He 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 did things for us. You know, spread. You can, you can spread yourself um, across more than just the couple, and and I think the, the couple in turn appreciate that. Because um, a lot of them are, you know, a lot of them are shitting their dacks too. So if you can be there as, you know, in part like a counselor or advocate, just someone there to kind of solve problems and take a little bit of the any tension off for for as many people as you can. What's something you really want to like as as someone who knows a thing or two about this and is you know pretty good at your job and pretty well known around our circles anyway. Hey, can we leave each other mutual Google reviews that just say pretty good? Pretty good. Pretty good. Actually, you know, I've got a good story about that. You know Josh Withers. Yes. The myth. With the best hair in the celebrant Game. One of the best, yeah, probably, yeah, the best. He he asked a few years ago, he was doing a new website and he asked all his wedding world friends to like jump on and give me a, um, you know, give him a testimonial, people who'd worked with him and stuff. And I sent him an email back saying, here it is. I've got, this is my testimonial. Josh is a rad dude. And that was it. And I, and I said, okay, I'll get a proper one to you. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll mm. do one later. I'll do a nice little three paragraph thing. He said, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. Like that's you. So Don't Morgan. change that. Fast forward to like maybe a year later and I get an inquiry and I get these guys on the phone. And they go, so how did you find me? And they said, oh, we went on Josh's website and we were looking at all the people that are giving him testimonials, like all his wedding friends. And we just saw this one photo of this guy. And all you said, all he said was Josh is a rad dude. And we thought, oh, well, that guy sounds a bit, a bit, a bit weird and a bit strange and a bit weird, different. <laughs> So we went through the website and we thought, oh yeah, he this guy's also a rad dude. Did you then add that as a testimonial to yours? Bit bit weird, bit strange. <laughs> bit um, they booked me. We had a great time. Josh was their celebrant. Um, shot their wedding. It was all great. They jump on my Facebook page after I've delivered everything and leave me a five star review saying Morgs is a rad dude. So <laughs> love it. Beautiful. That's <laughs> like a little golden book. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, it's I just, love it. this is it. And uh, and I think that's um, and that's something that we have to keep reminding ourselves every day of like why doubling down on difference is a strength, mm. uh, which is something you do really well. So was there, a, was there a clear point where you were like, yeah, I've just got to fucking double down on this crazy, uh, you know, to quote your Instagram handle, you know, you know if Wes Anderson shot weddings, um, uh, kind of thing like that's that's an angle you're approaching this from this particular angle and you're you're definitely stealing a whole bunch of ideas stealing borrowing using um in your work to make the stuff that you want to make uh was there a point that you were like i've just got to do it this way or i've just got to share this kind of stuff because what's the point in being vanilla pretty, pretty early on when i had a, you know a couple of inquiries and i thought oh 
this is a done deal. And I just got stupid with it. I, I, um, <laughs> I just put dark, moody stuff on the side. I basically ignored. In retrospect, I realized I'd ignored the market that was there looking for a certain service by not showing them all the stuff I actually do. I was showing them 1%. Um, you know, I had on my... Um, actually, before, before, I, before I explain that one, I'll... Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a really rare industry where the stuff we deliver can elicit such an emotional response, you know? You, mm. Tears at, at the images, all that sort of thing. And I, I kind of channeled, you know, um, tacky horror movies and I had on my about page, I want to make you cry. I want to make your children cry. I want to make your children's <laughs> children cry. Which is true. I want to make these people cry with emotion. But I, had, I put that line on my about page. And my inbox was absolute crickets the entire time that was on there. So I, yeah. I, um, I, pulled the, I pulled the bow back a little bit after that. But, you know, you can only ever insert... The lesson from that is you can only ever insert so much of, of the extremes of your... Well, the edges of your personality at a given time yeah. when there's a commercial thing involved. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of still working out that formula. I've found kind of one that I like. At the moment, I'm about to put a little bit more in there, but um, and yeah, these are good lessons when you can kind of afford to, to have them. I think um, the one thing yeah. I didn't want to do was be derivative, and I think it's there almost isn't a line of work where it's as easy to set up a business as what we do. It is so yeah. easy. crack open a Squarespace page, um, see what palettes on trend, see what typography's on trend, get a vibe of how people are talking about it, and do a couple of style shoots. It's a it's a reasonably quick business that we can kind of launch is at least looking like it's a thing. And I think that can be addictive in the wrong ways. It can make us yeah. think that it's easy when, you know, if we, if we aren't direct in putting a bit more of ourselves or what we aspire to do in our work, then not only are we kind of diluting the person next to us, but we're diluting our own brand. Like we're literally harming yeah. them both. Like it's kind of like love. Yeah. The more you give, the more you receive, the more, distinct you are in your brand not only does the person next to you stand taller but you stand taller it's a mutually increasing thing yeah totally um what do you think's what do you think's next like what what cool thing i know you've been fucking around with super eight um and that's cool too and i I, there's that there's that tapping into a nostalgia which is Mm. quite beautiful um but i feel like I feel like what's 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 always next is kind of like well yeah, you could have a bunch of buzz things and a bunch of cool things. I'm going to try this and try this and try this, but mm. at the end of the day, like every day, we just have to keep saying, well, are we making work that will matter to these people in 20 years? Totally, and that's kind of my prism. Totally, as well, and because um, there's so many narratives, yeah, like yeah, you know, the the whole this whole sort of thing of or cult of um, photojournalism and fly on the wallism, that, that's the only really one way of doing what we do. And it is what I do 99% of the time, but it's still only one way and it's not necessarily the best way. Um, this guy, Doug Boutwell, I think nearly a decade ago now, he shot one, the wedding of a guy, Nick Radford, who's another brilliant photographer out in the, mm. um, on, the, on the West Coast. And he shot it all on 8x10 as an effort to do what he called anti-documentary when it was, you know, the peak of the emerging documentary movement. Mm. And the idea was every frame had himself imposed on it because 
really slow shutter speeds, a lot of effort in setting up the shots. So he covered an entire wedding with stage shots and it was jaw-droppingly beautiful. You know, mm. these things are going to print incredibly. And they also, they also do what Super 8 does for me, which is why I started up a Super 8 sideline, which is it lets your imagination fill in the gaps. And for, I reckon that's one of the lost arts. And the more we can tell stories that are more, uh, what do you call it? They imply something instead of show it. For me, that's kind of becoming the more interesting thing. One of the last weddings I shot before COVID, um, as in, you know, full, full weddings, you know, with those things that we call guests and there was food and <laughs> there was dancing and a band like, you know, do you remember that? Uh, <laughs> joy, shared joy. <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful. I mean, what the fuck was that? And and then we just had this beautiful moment at the end of the night where I half joked, you know, yeah, and they're like, how'd you go? And I was like, oh, yeah. I reckon there's 10 fucking good shots. And they were like, and they were like, yeah, like, you know, jokingly, but also sort of semi-seriously, but mostly jokingly. And they're like, yeah, that'll do. Yeah. You know? Yep. It's just, I mean, what, what do we need? Mate, that's all I'd want. I, I see my folks, I, I, I've seen two in existence and the value of them is higher because there's only two. I probably, I wouldn't say no to a box full of 200, but yeah. <laughs> you only, you don't worry about what's not there, you know? Yeah, I think if you're worrying about what's there, what's not there, then like you, you you're missing in other areas. You, you, it's, you're you're trying to make up for something it's, that you're lacking somewhere else. In. You know, yeah, I guess the only counter, the counterpoint to that is you know you've put on a big shindig, a whole lot of stuff happened, and you kind of want to see evidence of that. Sure. Um, yeah. yeah. But you know me with my tastes and. I, from what it sounds like you and yours, I would only want to receive you know, a really small selection. Um, but that's also because I'm, like you, overwhelmed and with images. Like I, I see thousands of images every day and yeah. I don't want that in my own um, environment, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. Is, is there anything that's next? What, what are you kind of excited about? What are you excited about post-COVID or even during this this, this part of what Australia's in right now where we're sort of starting to do some shit and like what's, you know, what's getting you out of bed every morning? What are you fucking, what are you, what are you getting wet about? You know? <laughs> <laughs> what are Mate, you frothing over? <laughs> frothing, gagging. Not, not photography related either. Just fucking let's, let's have nerd, nerd corner. You know? Yeah, man, this, what a gift all this time is. What a gift. That, it's wild. Yeah. Like hopefully... Cracking into the guitars, I've got sitting out staring at me every day. Uh, Shit, yeah, yeah, definitely. How about you, Morgs? Yeah, it's the same. My father-in-law, uh, you've got joy in I your bought, face right I, now. Oh, mate, I borrowed a borrowed a friend's telly. Um, Sorry, kids at home. A, a telly is a telecaster. A telly is an iconic guitar. It's behind any great guitar sound you've ever heard. Yeah, and so so I have my bass and my telly, um, my friend's telly, and bought. Uh, I needed to buy you know a guitar stand to fit everything so i bought a five guitar stand and uh our father my, my my father-in-law who's living with us at the moment has a bunch of guitars and and he's like why'd you buy you buy a stand that has all those empty spaces mm-hmm. i'm like so i can put all your fucking guitars there and then maybe we'll play them more often because <laughs> we can see them <laughs> it's just like make that stuff visible and make those decisions and yeah and we've been playing so that's been really nice it's just the, playing music yeah. it's the same theory as like if you don't want to you know have chocolate for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Don't have it in the house, which don't have it in the <laughs> which house. is a problem. There is lots of red wine in my house, so if mm. I don't want to drink it, I need to not have it in the house. 
Yeah, but these are different times. Ah, different times. These Thank are, you. This for is a validating. pause on, <laughs> on <validating laughs> that? mutual bad decisions. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put this in the show notes. But where can the good people of the internet? Where's where's like you know? Don't list all the all the things. Where's the one place that you'd like people to have as the opening to your internet dum? Ah, oh, look, this is about weddings. So Briar's Atlas. That's Briar's where it's Atlas. all that winner. That's a, I like that name. We've we've run out of time. I don't want to talk to you. About, well, that's another time. <laughs> How, let's talk about branding and marketing and why did you change that name? No, 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 no. It's too much time. Isn't thank it? you for letting me touch that bullet. <laughs> uh, mate, thank you uh, as always. Mate, thank you. Ripper.